soup. Dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom and other oracular tidbits with your hosts, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thies. Two saucy sisters broadcasting from the magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas. And inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. Be sure to visit our website at oraclesoup.org to listen to our podcast archive. You can also visit us on Facebook and like our Oracle Soup page, where you can share your wisdom and request for Oracle Soup topics. Soup is hot now, and it's ready to be served. Welcome to our kitchen table here at Oracle Soup, where we're prepared to have an amazing, interesting, and in-depth conversation with our guest today. And I'm Katrina Wen, and I'm here with my sister, Gina Thies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to all of our listeners. So glad to have you here with us. And you know... This is one of those times where we have a very special meal. It's not like a gumbo, right? And it's not quite like a delicate salad either. How how would you describe this meal that we're preparing? This is more on the order of a beef stew. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so honored to have Walt Amberstone with us. Hi, Walt. Hello. Wow, so here you are at our kitchen table all the way from New York. So we're kind of representing here. We got the West Coast with me in Oregon. We got Gina down there in Texas. And now we've got you all the way out there in New York State. It's really funny to think of me being all the way out here because from my point of view, of course, you're all the way out there. (laughs) It's true. I'm totally in the boonies. I don't think it could be more opposite. (laughs) Here we are gathered at the virtual kitchen of Oracle Soup with another episode of the Kitchen Table Conversation. I have a a question to pose. So when a person is absolutely new to tarot, how do you, um, but they're interested and they want to study, what do you tell them to do first? Well, the first, my first suggestion to them is that they read that they poke around, that they follow their nose, that they go to Barnes & Noble or Amazon, buy the books that strike them as sounding interesting, even if they don't know what they are before they get them. Read, play, poke, try things out to the point where confusion sets in. Ah. My experience has been that people who write, write from their own perspective. So each author will have their own idea about what tarot is about, what the cards mean, and how to use them. And even though there is a formative tradition that holds us all, so there's a kind of commonality, an overall general commonality, the individual style of authors is very interesting and very different from each other. And for a complete beginner who wants to know what a card means, if they try three, four, five, ten different books, they're likely to get three, four, five, ten different answers. And it seems like it's not very logical. How could it mean this and at the same time mean that? Well, it can, of course, but it takes a bit of doing to unravel that confusion. When they are ready for an unraveling, 
My suggestion is that they find one particular teacher that pleases them out of all the ones that they've touched upon in their travels. A great place to meet some of those teachers is actually Reader's Studio, which is an event that I know that you and Ruth Ann host once a year, usually the last weekend of April. And I know you certainly introduce us to some fabulous people, many who are writers. And uh, I just want to kind of really honor you and Ruth Ann for that wonderful gift that you share with us in the Tarot world and where our Tarot tribe gets together. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Oddly enough, uh, I, I myself am not much of a joiner, so the individual path is the one that I usually follow. But it's turned out that the Reader Studio is such a grand experience, such a grand pleasure for everybody who comes to it. Regardless of your point of view or your point of departure, you are going to find yourself at home there. It's set up so that people can be comfortable in whatever intellectual and spiritual place they happen to be in. Whatever they learn, whatever they think, whatever they do, whatever their skills, they will find their colleagues, they'll find people to argue with, they'll find people to play with. And it's very comforting and it's very engaging and it's very welcoming. And we try to give the most pleasant and rich experience that we can in a few days. In fact, by this time, the Reader Studio is so overwhelmingly rich, it's like one of those fruitcake that you get at Christmas time, which is so rich with plum stuff and raisins and fruits and stuff, there's hardly any batter in it. <laughs> oh. So what you're saying is it's, it's, you can, uh, you can uh, learn, but you can also have a good time and party. And I've heard people describe Reader Studio as a, a big family reunion or, or, or a homecoming. I know for me it is. So Walt, you know, you and I, and I'm sure with you probably talked to quite a few people it's not exclusive to me but what I've really enjoyed about our conversations like on the phone is what a really deep thinker and feeler you are and how philosophical you are and that I just wanted to share that with the world I want to kind of open up and and let the world see a little more about Wald and and especially this idea of self-exploration is there anything you would just Maybe it's kind of shy, but something you'd be willing to share with uh, us, at least in our intimate little conversation here? Sure. The sense that I have is that there is a container which contains us all. It's called the normal world. And the normal world includes just about everything that we normally are interested in. It includes the esoteric, it includes the spiritual, it includes the scientific, it includes the religious, it includes the practical, it includes the engineers, the scientists, the priests, the poets. All of those things, as far as I'm concerned, are part of a normal universe. And every one of them has their place. They all argue with each other about supremacy, about what's the most important. But as far as I'm concerned, they're all part of the normal. And my own interest is to go beyond that. What that is is a subject for a whole thing, but my interest is beyond the normal. A human being is bigger than all of that. Very few people ever get beyond that. I think that's why a lot of people get attracted to things like Tarot, because they really are trying to see outside that box. Yeah. I, I, I think as, and I, I see this in myself, and can can probably see myself going in that same direction, Walt, because after a while, the sense of the, the whatever the normal is, and when you're in, in terms of knowing yourself, 
it is much bigger. You start to expand and things are, you know, the, the things that people consider important or normal, you may have a, a, a wider vision um, or sense of. And I think as you mature in a sense, now it doesn't have anything to, to do with age in a sense, but it's like, you know, there's different types of, types of maturity, but as you mature on the path, as they say, I think, you know, you kind of broaden your horizon on what is of interest and importance. And I think that's um, part of the path and part of our purpose of being here is to cross over uh, to that. If I could bring up something from the realm of psychology, too, from a psycho-spiritual point of view, and this relates very much to what you were saying, Walt, about this box or day-to-day reality, including our spirituality, uh, in process work, process uh, psychology that I study with the Mendels, which is sort of a spin-off of Jungian psychology, um, Arnie would call that uh, consensus reality. It's our day-to-day reality. We all agree that this is blue and that is red and this is a box and that's a triangle and etc. But then, then there's these other levels of awareness, like there's the dreaming realm. And to me, working with the tarot cards is very much about delving into the trance and the dreaming realm and gathering those symbols and that information from outside of consensus reality. My sense of those things is that there is something remarkably like a steel ball inside of which I find myself and I find myself in the company of everyone else that I know. And no matter how far out into the steel ball I get, no matter how close to the perimeter I get, I never even reach the edge of it. What is possible to know is all part of the knowable, which is really an extension of the known. And it doesn't seem to matter how far I go in those directions, no matter which direction I go in, I never seem to get outside the steel ball of what I think of as the ordinary. To get beyond that is something is like there must be a secret to it, and I don't know what it is. My, my whole life was devoted to finding that. So wow. that's what I feel, and I don't know. I don't talk about it much because there isn't really much vocabulary to discuss it in, and not too many people that I know of have the patience to sit through it. Oh, I, do, I, I would. You can talk, yeah, you can talk to us. <laughs> you got your Oracle sisters here. We'll talk to you anytime. I about would. That. So, Walt, when did, when did you, in terms of, you know, you were an, an active tarot reader. I mean, you still are, but in terms of reading for others and um, as a practice, when did you, was there a point when you said, um, I don't really care when he's going to call you or when she's going to call I mm-hmm. am I, I'm completely there's so much more and I'm done what did, was there a moment like that for you not a moment but an evolution ah. over time um, the things that were important began to be less so and the things that had not even shown up on the horizon began to dominate it and you know how that happens when you're traveling. The horizon is never any closer to you than it it ever was, but the landscape continuously changes as you move forward. So every time you turn around a bend, there's a new vision. Every time you come to a new turn in the road, there's something new to see. And you you can't really anticipate it until you get there. And once you've gotten there, you forget what's behind you and you only look at what's ahead of you. So I don't even know if there was a moment Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's been a continuous process for me of being essentially dissatisfied with the way things appear. The world of appearances never pleased me. 
And so if someone came to you as I would or a, 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 a novice person, they're having this, this sense or this urgency or something is, is pushing against that their sense of normalcy for lack of better explanation, um, would you be able to say, well, this is what you're going to experience or that is what you may experience or this is what you, I mean, how would you articulate getting a person to say they're, they're just like, I, this is not working for me. I'm, I'm, I'm bored with this or however <laughs> that would come about. Would, what kind of, what would you offer in terms of a person that may have the same, the same sense that you do? There is a technique that I learned along the way, which has proved to be really, really useful when I work with people individually. Mm -hmm. And that technique has a name. I came to call it, and it turned out to be a very good name, Conversational Magic. I love that. And so if you had to um, give us a bit of a sentence in talking and explaining what, what that is, what would it be? In a way, we've been doing that now. Something came up. Uh-huh. An idea, a feeling, uh, an energy that required notice, that required that something be, that it be paid attention to. And here the three of us are going in a direction that none of us had anticipated going, talking about something that might have been private unless it were brought up in company where it was a pleasure instead of a problem. You take it where it goes. You, you work with it as it comes up. If I know something that might possibly be useful and we're in a teacher-student relationship, I'll mention it and ask you to try it out. If I think that it's something that's appropriate for who I think, who I can tell, who I feel you are when we talk. If it's something that I don't think is appropriate for you because you're not that kind of a person, then I'll keep it to myself. And I will do my level best to get a sense of who you are and what I think of as tarot psychology comes in real handy that way. It is possible to know fairly quickly what a person's predilections are, what directions they feel comfortable going in, where they're uncomfortable, where they do good work and where they struggle. And when you find those things and you talk to people and you find that out in conversation, it's easy enough to go where a person is going to get the most benefit. And when you do that, <clears throat> it's like dropping a seed in fertile ground and all you have to do is nurture it. You don't really have to mechanically manipulate a seed. You just drop it in the ground, water it, weed it, fertilize it, protect it, and it grows by itself into whatever it's destined to become. And my job is more like that than to be um, than to foist a system or a, a preconceived idea on anyone. I love that you're like the cosmic gardener. Oh, he's done that for me many times in in in. I don't know if you're conscious of it when you're doing it or if it's it, it, or it's just ha has become a part of your process. But um, you've done that for me several times. Uh, and, you know, I'll just share really quickly. Um, I was very new and I said, you know, could you give me a reading wall? I'm sure you get that with your new students. <laughs> and you were like, oh, pick a number from one to 22. And I was like, what? But it just rocked my world. <laughs> And, but in a good way that made me go holy crap I've got so much I it was just it's a, a very effective thing just little things very very profound it was one of those seeds and you know it, it, it was very effective for me and very um, profound I'll tell you something kind of fun 
Uh, you, you're a person who has some experience of our correspondence course, and one of the things that we do in that course, the one, among the very first things that we do in that course, is to show a person how to observe something. And so I asked them to take a card from the deck that we use. We usually use the Rider Weight deck or the Universal Weight deck simply because it's a good benchmark deck for learning. And I'll say to them, well, you're going to start working with these cards, this particular little group of cards, half a dozen cards in the first lesson. And you're going to give me a complete description of what you see when you look at the card. And I'll give them a chance to tell me while we're actually talking what they see when they look at the card. They'll take the card, they'll turn it over, they'll look at it, and they'll describe to me while we're talking what they see. And what they see is about one-tenth of what there is. Right. Oh, yes. They don't, oh, yes. They don't, uh-huh. they, we call that close examination. And the fact is that people see what they feel it's appropriate to see, what they feel it's necessary to see, <clears throat> or what they feel is in some way going to be, um, going to serve their purposes in one way or another. They do not see what doesn't matter to them, even if it's staring them in the face. Right. And I point these things out to them and I give them as an exercise the job of thoroughly and completely describing every single tiny detail in the card. And before you know it, they're writing five, ten pages of description on a single card. Oh, yes. To begin with, they give me a paragraph or two. <laughs> Do it again. What? <laughs> well, that's yeah, a little and, bit like our, our talk right now is because we asked for a paragraph and we're getting a book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're I welcome. I love that conversational magic. I love that. Yeah. Isn't that a great phrase? It just says something so beautiful with, without explanation, even without saying what it means. The person understands it. It's truly magical. Yay. All right. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much, Walt. This has been just very magical and amazing and fun. It is fun. Yes. Oh, and, and also, I just want to say, because we're going to be kind of closing our conversation here, I want to make sure that our listeners know how to find you. And so, basically, there is a website called tarotschool.com, or you can go www.tarotschool.com tarotschool.com and on there not only will you find a link to tarot events specifically reader studio but there's also intensives there is the tarot school program there's correspondence courses there's teleclasses there's also books and decks there's a degree program there's private coaching and we'll have that link at the bottom of our page at oraclesoup.org so on that note Walt I know we could spend hours talking because i always enjoy talking with you but we're gonna have to wrap it up for this oracle soup and just have you on another time it's very difficult i talk too much my apologies again no it's fine this is what we wanted this is a conversation we uh just you know we we are running out of time and hate to see you go and hate to cut the conversation but it's been such a pleasure and an honor thank you so much for sharing your time with us Walt. thank you very much for having me it was a real pleasure Absolutely. Until next time, folks, signing off. Thank you for spending time with us on Oracle Soup. 
We invite your comments and podcast suggestions on our Facebook page, also called Oracle Soup. And be sure to visit our website, oraclesoup.org, for hot new servings of our saucy talks. You can also subscribe to the Feed Burner or listen to our pantry of Oracle Soup archived recordings, along with articles and links to more resources. And be sure to visit our personal websites to receive more information about us and the things that we offer individually. For Katrina, visit tarotcounseling.org. And counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G dot org, like in Oregon, O-R-G. And for Gina, visit tarotadvisor.com. And advisor is spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This content and the content of these podcasts are intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. This content is intended, but not promised or guaranteed, to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now. <laughs>